Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Nomadic C-Suite. Today I'm working with my co-host Mike Whiston in Tokyo, Japan, and Chase Hattie in Bermuda, Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, Ooh I want to take you. Bermuda, Bahama, Bahamas. come on pretty mama. Wait, wrong episode. Wrong, wrong <laughs> Hang on, wrong podcast. Today's episode, we're going to learn a little bit about Chase and his transition to the island life and living in Bermuda, the ups, downs, and sideways he's experienced so far. Chase, I wonder if you can follow the format from the last couple episodes and tell us a little bit about your life prior to moving to Bermuda. Yeah, for sure. So to give full context, I started doing the whole digital nomad thing back in 2019. Uh, initially, I started in Colombia. I went down to Brazil, then Peru, went around Europe. I was having the time of my life up until February 2020 when I went back to New Zealand and found myself uh, stuck there due to COVID lockdowns. Pretty much, I was meant to go back to Colombia. They shut down their borders, wouldn't let me back in. So I found myself working for a US-based company on the other side of the world. And I was there for 2020, hoping to go back to the States. And then 2021, when I met a beautiful New Zealand girl, you know, as, as you do, <laughs> then I kind of realized I'd be, you know, hanging She's out there right for a now. While. She can hear you. <laughs> She's shooting daggers at me from the other side of the room. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I started this relationship and I was like Mike, working out of a crazy time zone where on any given day, I might be taking a call at 1 a.m. or you know, getting up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. at best to kind of kick off the business day. So I really wanted to get to a more favorable time zone. And also, I'd be flying for like 24 hours to go to a conference that I'd be at for like two to three days and have to take another 24-hour flight to go back to New Zealand. So it wasn't working for me. I wanted to go back to the States, but the problem I had was that I have eligibility to live in the United States. My girlfriend doesn't. And it was it's too it was too early for us to get married. So she's a lawyer. She let me know that she had had a few recruiters reaching out to her from Cayman Islands and Bermuda. And I was like, well, that's essentially the same time zone as the US. Right. And it's tax-free living. And it's like living on an island in the middle of nowhere, kind of like New Hang Zealand. On. Much more tropical. Rewind. Say that again. <laughs> What kind of living is that? Living on an island in the middle of nowhere. No, tax-free? Talk to us a little bit about that. I wasn't aware. Yeah, so income tax is not a thing in Bermuda. But they hit you somewhere else, right? But what country are you a a citizen of? New Zealand. Do you have to pay New Zealand taxes even though you don't live there? Like, I have to pay U.S. taxes. On New Zealand assets, yes. But when I'm not a tax resident then my income is taxed where not in New Zealand. So Yeah, I, I, like in Japan, like there's a tax treaty between Japan and the U.S., meaning I can claim my income in Japan and the U.S. gives me credit for that. Yeah, I still have to file it in the U.S., but you get credit on one side or on the other. I believe that's the same in Bermuda. Can, Canada's Canadians have it the same way, as I understand it, living in an expat community where if they don't live in Canada, they do not pay Canadian income tax. Correct. And there's no income tax in Costa Rica. So it's a haven for them as Americans. And I think listeners should be distinctly aware of that since America is the greatest country in the world, USA um, <laughs> or not. But, um, you know, it, I don't and I don't think Mike gets any s- distinct or substantial tax benefit from the expatriation. Although, Mike, you know about the 335 rule? No. Oh, you have a bad accountant. 
if you are an American citizen and you spend 335 days a year outside of the United States, you are waived something like your first 150 or 200, if married, thousand dollars on any taxes. So, oh, yeah, I mean, first- I'm sure my I'm sure my accountant knows that stuff. But going back to, Chase, I had to yeah. tell my account. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do think Chase, though, that's interesting. Is that one of the reasons that you chose? Totally, it was the taxes. Okay. Yeah, and we can get a little bit more into that because, like all things, no matter what it looks like, you never get a free lunch, right? Uh, Bermuda, if you look up just in Google, what's the most expensive country in the world? It's Bermuda. And it is absurdly expensive to the point that I think for even people on relatively high incomes, it might still not actually make financial sense well, to, to move here. A local bar was a beer cost. Like you just get, grab a draft uh, beer. Let's say anywhere from around 10 US dollars up to 15. For a regular beer? Yeah, and so so by contrast, that sounds like New York. In, in in Japan, a beer is probably like two to three dollars American. Yeah, no, you're not going to find that here. Here, it gets really really pricey. What What are wow. some of the most expensive things that make it one of the most expensive places to live? Like, is it the housing? Is it utilities? Is it food? What are the expensive things? All of the above. Housing here is crazy expensive. So you know, when my girlfriend and I arrived here, we gave ourselves a budget. We're like, let's do five grand a month right to, to rent which we felt was like generous you know in the united states that would get you like a, a decent place even in you know more expensive cities and man we we couldn't find any place that we wanted to live in in that price wow. bracket so we end up having to up it by like over 30 percent to find a place that we we're like okay we're, we're happy to live here yeah um, what's up what's a baller family style more modern house 20 grand 20 grand a month easy oh my easy. gosh to that end uh you know and just kind of leading right into like your, your bermuda adventure here what are those challenges? And you you're identified a pretty big one here. Uh, one of the bigger challenges was finding a place to live that was reasonable, that it's not going to cost you $20,000 a month. But you know, what are some of the, the big challenges you face, like immigration, housing? Obviously, you just mentioned. What else? So the funny thing is, as far as immigration went, for Haley, because it's a small island, right? There's like 60, 65,000 people. And about 20,000 of those people are expats. They're trying to protect as many jobs as possible uh, for their locals, right? For their c- citizens. So for Haley, she had to go through like a six-month immigration application to get her visa. Her company had to prove that they couldn't hire a local to do the job. However, because I wasn't taking a job from anyone, I was just arriving to the island with an external source of income. I applied for my visa in about two minutes and it was approved within about three days. That's it cost awesome. It was the That's easiest awesome. visa I've ever done. Um, so, so that is was, that based on income level and the fact that it's foreign income? Like, is, so do you, is it do you do you attribute yeah, that, or are you they, able to so, tie it back to that? In Cayman, for example, they have a set limit, a set threshold. I think you have to make like over one hundred and twenty thousand US a year. In Bermuda, it's subjective, so they'll look at your situation. They'll look at like you know how many kids do you have, how many people coming with you, how many dependents do you have, in other words, and what's your income, and they'll decide whether it matches. So I don't know what the threshold is exactly, but I think they'll be looking at around a similar minimum, I would say, like 120 for an individual for them to be able to How, how long highly. does your visa last? Good question. One year, and it's renewable. Online? Yep, super easy. So oh, you have no requirement like uh, a lot of expats to leave the country? No, I can... Actually, I'd need to double check that when my visa comes to expiry, but I believe I can just renew it while I'm here. That's so cool. Without having to leave. Do you know how I get a visa? You go to like Guatemala for 20 minutes. I hand them my passport, they stamp it, and I get my 90 days, and there's my visa. No application. 
<laughs> and, 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 and you, and you, you have, have a fifty dollar bill on the bottom of it. <laughs> no bills. Oh wow! They want us here. <laughs> that is super interesting. I've already learned a lot more about uh, Bermuda. So it, it takes a, a real good math geek to kind of calculate: is this a financially intelligent decision to live there? But let's go on to from: is it a financially good decision to what living there is like for you? And did it meet your expectations like our intro song might have alluded to the the dream of living on a paradise island? Yeah. So in terms of what life has been like, yeah, look, I'll I'll say it was a tough place to settle into. I, I think it's kind of like a little bit, I, I wouldn't say culturally shocking, but there's definitely a, a unique set of challenges that come with living on a small island in the middle of nowhere, right? Things are just harder to get. And like island time is for real a thing right like what anything I mean, you want to do yeah exactly like trying to set up a bank account in here takes like weeks or it took weeks for us um yeah. as did finding a place to live in there's such limited real estate and it's as mentioned you know in very high demand so it's expensive in my case as well even coming here as a digital nomad and being in like the tech industry ad tech specifically this whole island in terms of professional services and white collar jobs thrives on the back <laughs> of three industries only which is like accounting law and reinsurance and if you're not a part of those industries honestly man there's not really like a lot of networking here which not is, isn't great for professional opportunities right and like for drumming up business locally um but also like on a kind of social level as well uh i've always been someone who meets a lot of people through work and, and business and whatnot so i've had to kind of go out of my way to form meaningful social connections here much more than I have had to in other countries. Yeah, it might be a very different, especially because the strict requirements to become an expat in Bermuda, the kinds of people that are expats are, I imagine, typically making a good amount of money uh, in those industries, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're not just the, like, hey, I want to go to explore and do yoga in Bermuda. It's, I'm a professional, I make a lot of money, and I'm spending $14,000 a month on my my living arrangements and it's it's a very different kind of person that you're totally that, it's that, not you're, your, that, that you're talking to it's not so a communal startup vibe or like you know scrappy right. like backpackers being like hey i'm working remote like making two thousand right month. yeah exactly it's not costa rica colombia or you know anything along those hey, lines you know? so so chase you really haven't sold any of us on coming to bermuda even for a visit yeah i'm not i'm not super excited <laughs> Um, I'd like to hear about some of the upsides. I mean, I've got friends yeah. who have been cruising. I've never done a cruise. I don't know what that lifestyle is. And Bermuda has been one of their favorite stops for an afternoon. I think that's a very different purview of the island. But what can, can you sell us anything about it? Or totally. this- well, I, I never sugarcoated anything, right? I always want to be as real as possible. But when you get past those challenges, and if you can afford the lifestyle here, it can be an incredible place. I, it Hands down. It has the most beautiful beaches I've ever seen. And I grew up in New Zealand and Australia, right? Wow. Yeah. Which that's is, saying so something. Like, it, it's saying yeah. something. Like like crystal blue waters. Like in, You have like giant life. like snake looking things in your beaches, like in the sand. Like, you know, fuck Australia beaches. <laughs> it, it, it's okay, man. Don't, the snakes won't get you. But uh, yeah, incredible scenery. And like everyone here is super friendly. Uh, locals especially. Um, and even the expats, right? Everyone who has come here, has come here. They're on the same boat, right? So everyone wants to bring you in. And as I said, I've had to like kind of go out of my way to make social connections here. But everyone is so like 
open to it, right? Everyone's trying to build a, a life here. So friendly people, incredible scenery, great weather. And one thing I like about it, which other people might view as like a detractor, is it's subtropical, right? So unlike Cayman Island, for example, or perhaps Costa Rica, where it's hot all year round, you do yes. get three months here of kind of more like moderate weather. And it's still not cold. Like the coldest it will get to us since I've been here is maybe 16 degrees. And that was like one day. But Can you, you translate that for Mike, up. who doesn't speak Celsius yet? I do speak um, Celsius. It's all, it's all <laughs> Celsius and kilometers over here. Yeah, well, I can't speak Fahrenheit. It is funny. I think probably for me and Mike, it was the biggest transition versus you because you come from a weird country already. I got to say, it just makes more sense, though. And, like, oh, now yeah. That I'm in that, now, now that I'm in that that place, like I, I you know, when, when I weigh myself, I'm going to the gym and then when I'm weight. Like, it's it's not, hang on. Weigh Weighing yourself is fantastic because you weigh it like is, 90. because the number is so like low. 90, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. In the 80s now. In the high 80s. 80s. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Good yeah. yeah. And then another thing I got to say I love about this island is it's got a great drinking culture. Like everyone loves like get out on the boats and like have a few drinks nice. together. The local drink, the national drink is a rum swizzle. Ooh. And it's like mix of like nine different rums and like different like <laughs> tropical God. juices. And man, it is gnarly and delicious and rummy and all at Did once. You say nine different rums. <laughs> yeah. Like, they just like pouring them all in there. That's great. Yeah, man. Like they, there's so, lots of different ways of doing it, but a you, good you just one mentioned, is like nine. You, you just mentioned, you know, boats. Is that like a major part of the culture there? Like uh, do most people, uh, you know, obviously most people don't own boats, but would you say that most of the people uh, or expats who are kind of on the higher end of that spectrum uh, are, do most of them own boats? Is that a thing? Is it? Yeah, are you if left you out have, if you if you have, have money here, like a boat is what you want. Because one thing that I kind of like about it, despite the fact that like this is an incredibly high earning island, it's quite like democratized as far as like the roads are concerned. Everybody drives like Kia Picantos. Um, there's no like, or very few, you know, German cars on the island because the roads are so small, right? Right. Um, <laughs> exactly. they're, they're tiny and they're so windy. You just go for practicality. And saying that, if you have a lot of money and you want to have a fun toy, you don't buy a Ferrari here, you get a boat. So Fair. that everyone's got boats and like that's kind of like the, the, the thing to do on the weekend, right? You hop on a friend's boat, you go jump in the water, swim with some fish, do some fishing fish. and get drunk on a boat and it's great. Yeah. Do you fish? Uh, I haven't actually got to fish yet, but it's apparently pretty phenomenal. And oh, that's another pro. The seafood here is insane. Like amazing seafood. Yeah. I mean, you're on an island. I, I should hope so. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. So, I can't go to New York anymore and order seafood because I'm like, nah. The spoils. Right. And I, all I mean, three of us, right? I mean, yeah. your seafood is off the charts too, Mike. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. But although I did have some of the best sushi, I've, or omakase sushi I've ever had in my life in Austin of all places in <laughs> a recent trip. I know. Like, we're in Austin, Texas, and my partner was like, let's go get some sushi. I'm like, why? We're in Austin. I live in Japan. Why would I go to get sushi in Austin? And we picked this place that was like amazing. And uh, let me tell you that it was one of the best omakase experiences I've ever had. So is there staying power in Bermuda for you and for the people that you've kind of associated with, you know, other expats, people that have made that plunge? Are they there for the long haul? Are you there for the long haul? So I've ran into countless people here who said that like I came here with a, a plan to save some money for two years and I'm here 20 years later. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, there's a certain type of person who comes here and absolutely loves it. For me, I think it's a one or two year thing. 
you know sure. like I, I love cities and to me this is an experience right living on an island and like I, I love it what it is but i don't see myself being based here permanently a big factor i think for a lot of people here is they're making really good money working for these law firms or accounting firms that they're not going to be able to make elsewhere. And uh, if you combine that with the fact, that's just a salary amount. And then you also think about the fact that if they move back to their home country, they're going to start paying tax on a lesser income. It's kind of like having golden handcuffs working on this island for a lot of people, I think. For me, I don't have that. I'm going to make the same money. You know, if I went back to New Zealand, for example, I'll start paying tax again. But then all of a sudden, that one US, every, for every one US dollar I'm earning, I'm making $1.60 New Zealand. So it kind of like is a, a bit of a natural. You really, you really got to use some like AI to figure out all the factors that go into these financial escapes. Chase, you, know, you kind of hit on it. Um, so you might want to do a short version. I don't know. It's up to you. But you improved time zone with your most recent move. How has this work-life balance and time zone been for you? Do you like it? Or were some of those advantages of having silence for six hours a day more attractive to you in New Zealand? Yeah, I mean, I as, a, as a chief revenue officer of, of Mopod and managing that remote team and just having clients in the US and the UK, you know, to Ethan's question, you know, how are you managing all that? Yeah, I got to say, productivity has gone through the roof, I feel like, since I moved here. And I didn't realize how much I was missing out on by working a a different time zone. I felt like I was on top of everything because I was doing everything I needed to do. You know, like I never had emails left over to respond to, but things just move so much faster when you can respond instantly to a client who says, hey, I want to set this up. And it's like, I'm not responding five hours later when I wake up, I'm responding right then in the moment they respond. And it's like just this natural flow of information versus in New Zealand where there's like a a day delay between each email. So managing the team has been great as well. Like uh, I'm so much more available for any queries that they might have and able to hop on to, to more calls with them. So for me, it's been great. In terms of work-life balance, I mean, I, I guess there is a bit more work here, but I prefer it because the point I got to in New Zealand was I, I really enjoyed the first year being there and having, similar to Mike in Japan, the US Sunday was my Monday. And for a while, I'd go out and play golf and whatnot, and that was fun. But the problem is the first year, I had a bunch of friends that were like unemployed and they could do shit with me on the Monday. And I'd always complain to, I'd be like, dude, my friends need to get some fucking jobs. Like, what are these bums up to? (laughs) The problem is the next year they all got jobs. And then every Monday I was just hanging out by myself lonely because I had no one to do anything with. So like, (laughs) it's actually kind of nice having a regular work schedule again. Chase, speaking of friends, we've gotten to know each other a little bit uh, over the last year. Um, Where are you going next if you're leaving in a year? Because I I got this great place to tell you about. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, brush up on your Japanese. I got a place for you over here too. <laughs> Espanol mejor. Guapo. I'm, I'm a magnet. I'm a magnet for Latin America. I love Latin America. Mm. Yeah. Well, he, you know, Chase and I were talking the other day about having him come visit and see a few of the countries in the region. I, th- I think the whole mm. nomadic C suite needs to do an episode from Costa Rica live in Costa Rica. I like that. I mean, I, I, I think it's cool if Chase comes. That sounds good. <laughs> I love you, Mike. I love you. I love you. I love so, you. So, so Chase, just being uh, mindful of time here, you know, just to wrap this up, share like a unique, fun experience that you've had, like something that you've actually done, not just observe, but you know, something that's you know happened to you or that you've gone out and done while you're in Bermuda that you can kind of relay back and inspire other people that might be considering that move or considering that that as an option for their living in the, over the next year, two years, four years, five years, whatever. And then just kind of give us 
you know, some of the, the, the big lessons that you've learned moving over there? Yeah. So one thing I love about being here is that on the weekend, if it's a sunny day and it, it usually is, you can just have the most amazing time, you know, get a couple of friends together and then just go down to the beach, have some drinks, then hop over to like the hotel next door. That's also got like, you know, a beach bar right on the, you know, on the sand and have some lunch and some drinks. And then you go, you go to the next hotel after that. And it's just like, it, it can be a pretty magical day. When, Chase, you know, Chase, we had a, we up. had an episode. It, it sounds like a $1,500 day. But I was about to say, that comes at a significant <laughs> price tag compared to what it might be in other parts of the world. But Chase, look, also, based on the episode we did a few weeks ago, is this time for a little sit-down talk about the drinking, buddy? Are you okay? <laughs> you need a friend? Uh, I, mean, we're not drink- <laughs> I do not have a problem. <laughs> I mean, he's not drinking nine different kinds of rum right now. <laughs> no, I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> there uh, is a strong not- drinking culture here speaking um, of which i'm late for a drinking event so let's wrap it up to wrap it just kind of give some lessons learned yeah look i would say it's a hard place to move to and uh, like to anyone looking to come here um i think it's a hard place to move to you need to be prepared it takes a while to find a place it's more expensive than you think it's going to be and whatever that big salary looks like in reality like what when you factor in everything, it's probably going to be about 30% less effective than what you're expecting. But if you can weigh that up and it's still an exciting opportunity, it's an amazing place to be. It's a, and I think for a lot of people, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to live in like a, a beautiful island with crystal blue waters and really just have a bit of fun for however long it makes sense. Right. And before we go, I just want to reiterate for all of you US citizens, I am not a tax person nor an attorney, but I did a lot of homework. There's no tax benefit to living in any other country unless you are out of the U.S. for 335 plus days. See an accountant before you move to evaluate your decision, especially if you're coming from the U.S. Yeah, there's 365 days in a year. And if you are traveling for conferences regularly out of the country, I I think that or out of the U.S. rather in uh, the U.S. For me, it's the opposite. Yeah, in the U.S. Right. I go to uh, conferences yeah, for more than 30 days. I'm done. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Thank you all so much for joining the Nomadic Sea Suite. We uh, love that episode. Chase, thank you for highlighting Bermuda and some of the pros and cons and all the cons sideways and in-betweens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really, really excited to try that rum drink. I have a whole bunch of other questions. I want to know if all the golf courses are Lynx courses or whatever. But I'm really looking forward golf to having... Insane. Golf's what? insane. That's what I heard. Yeah, I, I, I should have mentioned that. If you love golf, that's a, a, a huge positive for Bermuda. It, it, it was one of the big questions. We'll talk about it on another episode. But thank you so much. Ciao. Ciao later. Ciao.